Round the horns with statements on statement wins. And here's a preemptive mute for all of you. We know you can't win a championship in January. We know a ring is better than MVP. This is about now and today. And beat over Jokic last night. And a whole lot of great action. And a statement trade. News of the day. Indy gets Siakam. We'll talk about it now around the horn. Yeah, I wasn't going to say any of those things. I would like my point back. <laughs> you guys always do that. Like it's a big surprise. Yes, we know a game in April means more than a game in January. But still. When Joel Embiid was crowned MVP last year after Philly was about to be run out of the playoffs, and then Jokic went on to dominate the postseason and win the ring, an irresistible force was set in motion. So last night in Philadelphia, it was Hagler Hearns to start. Young people, YouTube that. You got to see the Hagler Hearns round one. Closing minutes, though, going to Philadelphia and Embiid. Woody Page. You're in Denver. We start with you. What's the statement made by Philadelphia last night? Well, let me start with this statement, Tony. I think that statement had an exclamation mark at the end mm -hmm. of it because Embiid proved that he is the best player in the league again this season. With the numbers he's putting up and with the performances he's had, uh, I don't think that Jokic really is in the conversation more than being in the paragraph with him based on what we For saw MVP last night. this season, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, the early straw poll says that Jokic is second to, to none except for Embiid. But here's the key to this series. Embiid never plays in Denver. He's only played in two games against the Nuggets since he came into the league. He finds a convenient way not to be in Denver each year. So they play again in two weeks. We're going to see what happens when he comes to Denver. But these two teams would make a great finals because we haven't had two big men of this caliber, I think, in a finals forever. Mm -hmm. Going back to Chamberlain and, and Russell, I think. Mm -hmm. But here's what we saw last night. Even though they lost Harden, Philadelphia has Harris, who's doing a great job for them, and that uh, Maxi is doing a fantastic job as the number two guy there. And I think that being rated eighth, as they are in the latest ESPN Power Poll, is wrong. This is a team that belongs in mm -hmm. the top five. All right, so the statement you took away from up. last night is that Philly should have finals aspirations. David Dennis Jr., to you. Oh, I want to start because I know what Kevin Clark is thinking. That's Shaq and Olajuwon finals, uh, Orlando Houston. That should go in the big man finals okay, yeah. uh, history books too. But uh, in terms of this one, yes, the statement here is being made that, you know, sticks with the Nuggets and the Sixers. Denver has gone out there in these playoff series a lot of times in the last few years, and they've known that they have the best player on the court at all those times. We might not be able to say that when they're going up faced against the 76ers mm -hmm. and Embiid. Mm -hmm. Embiid had more points and more assists than Jokic. That's the first time that's happened since a meaningless game in April of last year. And you talk about those last two games that they played. Yes, they both were in Philly, but Embiid has outscored Jokic. Embiid had four, 88 points in those two games, almost doubling up what Jokic has in those two games. He's been straight up dominant against, against Jokic. So when Denver looks across the aisle at who they're playing with, they're going to have to face the fact they may have the second-best player on the court, and that's foreign to them. Israel Gutierrez, statement from last night, Philly over Denver. 
Well, of all people, Joel Embiid can't make regular season statements. And I know you just said mm-hmm. this, Tony. I know this is, not what I'm, this is not what you want to hear. But what they did show and what they've been showing all season long is the blueprint to then get Embiid that success in the playoffs. And last night, you saw it didn't matter where he initiated the offense, low post, mid post, at the top. He was effective, and he has such variety in his game. It's almost like Nick Nurse is using him as a bigger Kawhi Leonard, which won him a championship mm. in Toronto. And when you've got that versatility and that variety, in your game, and you've got an efficient Tobias Harris, who I always gauge as sort of the real barometer of how good that team is on any given night. If he's playing well, they're going to be really good. And so if you have all that and Tyrus Maxey doing his normal thing, you have to be perfect to beat this team. And the Nuggets were not. Their backcourt of KCP and Jamal Murray were just slightly off, slightly off enough to lose this game on the road. What I do think this does for Joel Embiid as he continues this run in the the regular season is when he gets to the postseason and says, hey, I know it's going to be about me. I don't have to worry about getting Harden involved. I don't have to worry about getting Ben Simmons involved. And if I don't perform, I'll be the reason we lose. And so you set that sort of line in the sand immediately and you see how he's performing in the, in the regular season. You expect that now in the post. Kevin Clark, did you get a statement that was similar to the rest of this panel that Embiid has risen to that or something else? Yeah, best player in basketball. I do want to correct David. I do not acknowledge the 95 finals. Nick Anderson made sure of that. It is out of my mind. Um, But I will say this. The last time that Joel Embiid did not score 30 points was the group stage to an in-season tournament that you've already forgotten about. That was November 15th. When guarding each other, the two best players in basketball last night, Joel Embiid doubled up Jokic in points. Mm, He was more efficient in shooting. This is head-to-head stuff. The best way to prove you're valuable is to be more valuable with other guys like that on the There court. was a this game last stunning. year, and thank you, Kevin, where Embiid outplayed Jokic. It was a huge line, and that was more than anything, I think, a deciding vote for Embiid over Jokic when it came to MVP. This year, we may not have that conversation. Embiid may not have enough games played for the requirement, but I think you all agree it's not about MVP anymore. For Joel Embiid. We'll move on. More statement last night. Clippers getting the best game of the season from Paul George. And some lockdown defense late to beat OKC. After the game, James Harden positively buoyant about this team. Wants that hardcore to be kept long term. David Dennis Jr., I go to you for hardcore. What's the statement here from the Clippers? Uh, I want to start with the statement from James Harden, which is the most self-aware statement he had. He said, I want to stay with this team. And uh, I said that about the last team I played with. But no, for real, this time I want to stay with this team. So (laughs) shout out to him uh, for being very self-aware with that. This Clippers team has been the best team in the in the West since that uh, six game skid, but there are some long term things that you got to worry about if it's sustainable here. Kawhi Leonard's played 36 of 40 games. That is a tick that we have not seen from him in a very long time. You also have the bugaboo of what James Harden's going to look like in the playoffs. There's the playoff piece stuff that's going on. There's how Russell Westbrook gets played off the court in the playoffs. And again, they are the Clippers. How many times has this team been the best team or the favorite at this point in the season and then fallen apart? So, yes, they're the best right now, but there are a lot of long-term concerns that are based on their history. Israel Gutierrez. Well, I'm not going to hold Kawhi Leonard actually playing now against him, so I'm just going to assume he can continue this through the regular season and the postseason. I think against Oklahoma City, when you can slow down Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you can pretty much, you know, cut the head off the snake there. And they have the defenders, multiple defenders to do that in Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, etc. And so I think for this matchup, yeah, they they fit very well. I think there are some other potential situations with some bigs, maybe a, a Denver or Lakers team that could give them problems. But the Clippers, a lot like the Sixers, have been showing over and over 
again their formula works. And whether that be uh, going through Kawhi, going through Paul George, going through James Harden, or just picking the hot hand and going through that person and just playing enough defense, it seems to have worked. And OKC's been really good all season long. They have an uh, MVP candidate themselves. So to beat them at all, huge accomplishment. Kevin Clark, statement from the Clippers win over OKC. Yeah. The most dangerous player in basketball is James Harden when he can't renegotiate his contract and has to lock in. Obviously, the Clippers have the two, the combination of the best two best players, which is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but those two only played 38 games together last year. They're going to blow past that mark this month. They're playing basketball. They like basketball together right now. This is special stuff. There is a new contender in the West. If they get home playoff games, and it looks like they will, look out. And Woody Page. Well, I told you two weeks ago I thought the Thunder was the best team in the West. Well, that's been replaced by the Clippers. We've seen that since the beginning of December, the best record in the league. And I think that you this core will stay together because of a couple of things. One, uh, that that they're moving into a new arena next year, and I think that's going to be a big thing to these Clippers players that they'll have their own place. They won't be an interloper in the Lakers gym. And the other aspect is – the contracts are going to be coming up at the end of the year. We've already had Leonard sign his, and he took less than a max contract to come back. So I think if they can bring those together, including Westbrook, who's got only a $5 million option right now for next year. Mm-hmm. Less than a max contract. Still 50 mil per over the next three years for Kawhi Leonard. Who I heard what you're saying, David. It's a shock that he's playing so much. Once he did come back last season – he missed, you know, 20 games early on. He played just about every night to finish last season. We'll take one more statement from the schedule last night. Phoenix coming back from 22 down midway through the fourth quarter to beat Sacramento. Look at the emotion from Kevin Durant. After the game, he said he had no clue how they came back. Israel, there's coming back from 22, and there's blowing a lead up 22. Was last night more Phoenix's breakthrough or Sac's breakdown? I would lean towards Sacramento here because watching this game, a lot of the times, Kevin Durant, I found him in the first three quarters stuck in the corner, not really touching the ball, and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal were not shooting it well. He thought there was no way they could get out of this. And then Kevin Durant gets hot, gets the ball a little bit more, and he shows that emotion. That, to me, sounds like the Kings not being able to close against a team that's not really a threat when you've got two of their big three having bad games and you let Grayson Allen go off for that type of game. So if I'm the Kings, I'm a little concerned about my defense in the Kevin fourth Clark, quarter. Kevin Clark, statement from last night's Phoenix-Sacramento game for you. Yeah, disagree with Izzy. This is about the Suns and the creativity on offense. Playing Kevin Durant at center, he was all over the place on defense. This is a team with the best five-man combination on defense in the entire league uh, right now. They understand what they can be. You get, I think identity finding is, is a big key uh, this, this regular season. To find out they've got that kind of creativity, that, that's, that's huge come, come April, May. Too. That's a pretty big takeaway then, that, that Phoenix with Durant playing in the it's center position could spur their move up the rankings here it's like the bills you find your identity if you have talent through the regular season and all you need is a couple of things to click in your phoenix at the eighth seed right now finally woody page they had to work hard to get there what was your takeaway from last night Vogel going to four guards with Kevin Durant at center made a difference. Durant went out and made two three-pointers. But you're talking about a game when they were uh, 87 three-pointers. 
And three-pointers will get you back into a game in the NBA if you're able to get it, like Grayson Allen going for nine and Bradley Beal contributing after having problems early in the season. I'm giving all the credit to the Suns in that comeback because they just went out and didn't give up Mm -hmm. at all. I think you were off a little bit. 77 three-pointers total in the game. David Dennis Jr., take away from last night's big comeback. My takeaway is, is the Kings and what they struggled with last year and what they're struggling with against this year. Yes, that Suns lineup was devastating that fourth quarter, but that Suns team is still 4-11 and 11 when trailing after the first quarter. And you put Kevin Durant in that center position, Sabonis is supposed to feast on that uh, position, on Kevin Durant, and he could not do that in the playoffs last year, and he could not do that last night. And then there's De'Aaron Fox, who was the clutch player of the year last year, who has been struggling tremendously in the clutch, 0-13 from 3 in the clutch this season. You gave a stat. Suns were four and eleven when trailing at halftime. They're now one and zero when a dog pees on the court at halftime. The dog pee comeback game for the Phoenix Suns. We'll take a break here. Buy or sell next. I missed that. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Very confident. Very, very confident. Extremely confident. Three berries and an extremely from Lamar Jackson. Given how good the Ravens have been this year and... He's the presumptive MVP. How good he's been this year. It's understandable. Given the playoff history, it's a slightly more complicated, Kevin Clark. So buy or sell Lamar Jackson saying that in advance of their first playoff game. I'm selling extreme confidence because Lamar Jackson has not been very good in the playoffs. His best quarterback rating in the playoffs was his first game four years ago, which was a 78. Um, that's just not his regular season form. And by the way, I think they're going to win this game, but I would not be wanting to justify my playoff bona fides against this Texans team. This is a really good team. C.J. Stroud's making perfect passes. Derek Stingley was playing excellent de- uh, defense the other day. Laramie Tunsil had Miles Garrett in his pocket. Mm, so you're selling the idea that the presumptive MVP should be confident going into this postseason in their offense. Israel, how about you? 
Well, I'm buying him saying it because what else is he supposed to say, especially when you've got a surprise Houston Texans team and a rookie quarterback coming in. But the part of being a disappointment in the playoffs is that you've had the high expectations before. And so having them now, and if you disappoint, it's going to come at you even harder, a lot of that criticism. And so, yeah, you have to say that you're confident, but there's a reason you've disappointed in the past, and maybe it'll happen again. And it's junior buy or sell. Lamar saying it. I'm buying the confidence. Like I said, what else is he supposed to say? But also, this team has set the record for beating 500 teams and smacking most of them by at least 14 points. You can talk about Lamar's playoff record, but it looks very similar to another guy, Peyton Manning's playoff record, who was 0 for 3 in his first three playoff games with one touchdown and two interceptions. And they're going against a Texan squad that's 29th in yards per attempt, and so he should be able to feast in this squad. You lose this game, then we can start talking about choking and all that stuff with the playoff things. But let, give Lamar this season to see what he can do. And Woody Page. I'm buying what he said. Kevin Clark, you actually want a quarterback to get up there and say, I'm hesitant about this game. I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> I want him to say he's confident, very confident, extremely confident, because he has gone one in three in the playoffs. But this year, I think he's developed a mental aspect to the game that he didn't have during those periods of time. That he actually won't just take off on the run, that he looks for other options and he's got wide receivers there, the one in OBJ that he really trusts. So I think he should be confident. Fires sell two back to the NBA. Woody, smoke him if Siakam. The Pascal Siakam trade. Raptors sending him to Indiana, the in-season tournament runner-ups, or runners-up, what is it, for Bruce Brown and three first-rounders. Israel, three first-rounders and a starter for Siakam on an expiring deal means what about the Pacers? I mean, if you are a franchise like the Pacers, this is exactly how you do it. You get yourself a superstar that seems like he wants to stick around, and Halliburton, having been on another team, would probably want to stick around here. You make yourself fun and attractive to free agents if you get to that point, but more importantly, you lock up the second all-star. Pascal Siakam is that, and if he's on an expiring deal, they can negotiate with him and sign him to an extension. So there you've got two potential all-stars, and don't forget a head coach in Rick Carlisle who can win you championships has done it with another organization. I don't care how many draft picks you have to give up this is a perfect scenario. so you think this is a perfect scenario and a move that proves the Pacers can win the Eastern Conference this year close enough <laughs> Kevin Clark how about you I don't want close enough is this a move that you think proves they can contend to the Eastern Conference this year no, all due respect to the tantalizing possibility of the Halliburton-Siakam two-man game. I'm really excited to see it. This is a big swing to be the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. This does not get them into the top. I won't say the E word that will get me banned, um, but I understand uh, what that looks like up top. The Pacers are a cut below that. I think there's a big swing. I like it for the future, but they've got maybe cap problems going forward. Um, this is not going to get them to where they Ooh, need to go. Boston, year. Milwaukee, and Philadelphia are the three teams I think you're mm -hmm. seeing ahead of them. Okay. Miami. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, we hear you, Israel. Uh, Woody Page? <laughs> The Pacers are going to be in Indianapolis for a while, Kevin, so they can look to the future. They don't have to worry that they're going to win the championship this year. If you are putting together those kind of talents with Halliburton mm -hmm. and him coming in, I think that's a sign that they're on the way up rather than trending down. Well, they haven't been trending down. They were a runner-up in the in-season tournament a month and a half ago. David Dennis Jr., 
Pascal, this is a beautiful move. Pascal can shore up that defense, and I know they're going to still be not the top three team in the East this season, but the most important numbers are 23 and 29, and that is their age, and you have locked in two stars for the foreseeable future who can be the best in the East in the coming years. Sure up that defense. I think it takes more than one Siaka, maybe. That team lets up 130 every other game, it seems like. But, uh, yeah, he, he can't help can't help but help them. Uh, that's going to be it. Israel Gutierrez, Kevin Clark, thank you for your time. Today, Paige, Dennis Jr., both. Uh, a little bit of a drought coming into today's showdown. We'll see who gets that FaceTime next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Woodrow Wilson Page Jr. and David Dennis Jr. Good luck at showdown. The Belichick sweepstakes and Jeremy Fowler reporting he's targeting talented yet underachieving teams. Woody, what does that mean and which team should be most excited? Well, of course he is. All the teams are didn't overachieve this year, but <laughs> exactly. specifically, it would be the Chargers. They've got Herbert there. I would think that he'd want to go there and work with a quarterback like he had in New England for a lot of years. David Dennis Jr. Yeah, um, I'm glad to see that Bill Belichick has, uh, you know, lessened the pool to literally every team that's looking for a coach. But on the bright side, the Atlanta Falcons are going to tweet out one day uh, today, breaking news, we are an over-underachieving team. Congratulations to us. <laughs> You're talking about every team now has to release a, a, a tweet to say that we're just even considered uh, an option. I don't know. I don't see either of those teams as being the talented teams. You're both losing a point. We'll move on. Clippers New Arena. We got our first look. Here it is. It's a section of uninterrupted rows that I want you to draw your attention to. Behind the basket, section 51. It's a Clippers fans only section. This is what it, they hope it'll look like. <laughs> only Clippers fans. You cannot cheer for the opposing team. You cannot wear opposing team gear. You cannot sell your tickets to anybody that's not in the Clippers marketplace. They're calling it the wall, David. Do you need Clippers fans on that wall? Do you want them on that wall? I don't know how you're going to enforce this, to, to enforce players cheering for one team. Uh, you remember, this is the history of the Clippers. They're doing well now, but there was a time where it was really, really hard to fill up stands that people were cheering for the Clippers. Woodrow. David, I say to the Clippers, build the wall. Mm. Develop, the, develop the loyalty of your fans there. You don't want Lakers fans being in the crowd anymore. You don't want teams coming in from the Celtics and taking over the crowd. 
I laughed when I first heard this, but I agree with you, Woody Page. I think this is like this is like European soccer. The idea here, if you can make it work, could be great. There it is, Woodrow. You're finally off the schneid. Oh, thank goodness. There was a young man who was a stutterer growing up, and he has developed in what we call in this country the voice. I'm talking about James Earl Jones, who is 93 today. Happy birthday. He has been two of the most famous voices in history of films. Once he was Darth Vader in all of those movies, and he was also Mufasa in the movies uh, about The Lion King. But in addition to that, he's played in three sports movies, The Great White Hope, The Sandlot, and of course, The Field of Dreams, where he said, Ray, you build it, and they'll come. You got that win. There you go.